Hello, I'm Dan. And I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? This week, Daniel, we're talking about Haskell, Texas. Right, okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> Considering that we have um, definitely done some terrible Texan ac- accents in the past on, on this podcast. I mean... We need to be. We need to make it very clear. Um, we're not just singling out Texas here. All of our accents are terrible. This is very true. Um, I, I mean, it, I feel like our Texan accents. In, I mean, our American accents in particular are atrocious. Mm. Uh, and, and for some reason, whenever we've gone to America, we have gone to to the South. Um, I'm not, yeah. not quite sure why. <laughs> I think I, I blame because it's, cause it's quite an endearing accent, isn't it? It is. the The southern accent is is just like it's all warm. It's like it's a linguistic warm hug. You just like it's a um, it's a cool glass of iced tea on the porch in the back. <laughs> something in it. It's like anybody, it's that kind of uh, anybody that refers to multiple people as y'all is like, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, nice. You probably don't believe in evolution, but like, oh, you seem nice. <laughs> like, yeah. You do great iced teas, though. She fixes me a sure, sure, sure damn fine peach cobbler. Oh, boy. See, I, I think it is, um, I, I think it is House of Cards, which is funny because he's from, is it Carolina that Frank is yeah. meant to be from? Whereas, like, South Carolina. South Carolina. So it is, it is in the South, I suppose, but, like, it's not, I suppose, you know, we're thinking of Texas then as being probably a bit too far east. I suppose. Uh, but then I think, that I, I read something about how his accent is actually influenced by places further west. You know, it's it isn't it isn't just a Carolina accent. There is some history to the character that means he has like that twang to it. Anyway, welcome to the. Well, he has that kind of like <laughs> mid Atlantic kind of that weird American accent that oh. you only hear in films from a certain period. Or in Downton Abbey, have you got any knives? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Robert, come and tell the girls. He ba- she's basically like Donald Trump. I'll tell you what. Actually, I watched um a, a video today about how to fire a musket and like how loud muskets were, and it was by yeah. this. I have to find it and send it to you. This is this is the earliest we've ever been derailed in a Wikicast episode. Um, we haven't even spoken about not a word. Actual, well, I guess Texas. Not a word. Um, this accent of this kid is like. I don't even know how to describe it. It's imagine you're I'm going to paint a picture that you're going to see in the first frame of this video, right? Right. Imagine the kind of kid in the eastern coast of the United States who is really active in science fairs, all right? Just picture East Coast dork. Now open the video I just sent you on Discord and then listen to his voice. Okay. There's one thing that is very distinctly off about it when compared to an actual engagement, which is to say the sound that the gun makes. When you fire a real bullet, you get much more of a cracking noise. It's it's really, it's very smart, it's very martial, very good. Oh, I like his accent. How would you describe that, though? It's it's just, it's so, it's all, it's It's, so... it's neutral, isn't it? But it, it is definitely American. But it's like it's it's very Atlantic, you know. It's 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 very American, but it sounds British. The way he says "off," also just like his manner. Off. Everything about his manner is just like so. If C three PO was yeah. a human person um, and was interested in muskets, well, okay, let's actually talk about the, 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 the what <laughs> this podcast is meant to be about. Um, Are you sure? I don't think it's necessary. Well, I, I want to talk, even if just briefly, about Haskell. Texas, Dan. Okay. Um, Haskell is a city in central Haskell County. Oh, God, I nearly did a Texan accent then. Haskell County, 
Texas. Um, as of the 2010 census, the city population was 3,322. And there is a picture on the right-hand side of what looks like a the universal lot of, like, the, a western. That's just... It, it couldn't look more like a town in, in... A small town in Texas if it tried. So it's those kind of those kind of buildings that they've only bothered to design the front and the rest of them are just square boxes. It literally looks like that. I've, I mean, and then I can see, yeah. um, like, some massive American cars which if you put them on a european road would look like tanks um like just in the middle just to kind of bring things up to the present day um so uh it's it gives its latitude and longitude coordinates it, it, it is uh U- us route 277 passes through the east side of the city so apparently it's big enough to be at least bigger than a highway Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the Bureau, uh, so the United States Census Bureau, the city has a total area 3.6 square miles, all of it land. Wow. I don't know why they felt it necessary to specify that the city contains no open water whatsoever. Like, water was ba- banished from the city in, like, 1868 after the Great Water Riots or something. Um, okay. Uh, apparently, the county courthouse was completed in 1892, and it's one of the oldest courthouses wow, is quite still a... used in the area. Well, for it's not that old, I guess. Well, yeah, like, I remember when I was... Very in, old by American standards. I was in Santa Barbara, um, and there was... To be fair, it was a beautiful courthouse. It was like um, it was from about the 1890s, and um, the the walls on like the reception room. I don't I don't know what the room would have actually been for, but it had this like very kind of well, I guess like late 19th century, early 20th century depiction of the local um, indigenous population, like sort of sort of all the craft activities and the the people that got wiped out because America's America. Oh, like in um, like in Parks and Rec, <laughs> like the government buildings there. You know, they've got that big mural dedicated to the. I've never seen Parks and Rec, so I wouldn't know. Oh, it's so funny, Simon. You've got to watch it. It's brilliant. I know, I know. Um, I, I have been told this. But but yeah, and, and they had this like mural and, and then the, the guide was like, and this is from, I can't remember the exact year, say that this was from 1892 and all these like Californian pensioners were like, oh, yeah. oh gosh, it's so old. And and my girlfriend and I, uh, at the, well, my girlfriend at the time and I were just like, the fuck is this? Like we live in buildings that are hundreds of years older than this. Yes. <laughs> like it's just it's just an interesting sort of perspective. Okay, so yeah, there's um, uh, it's eighty percent white. Uh, it, it, it's got shock. I am shocked. I know there are twenty five native, or there were twenty five Native American uh, individuals in the twenty ten census. There is very little interesting about this place. Um, it oh, it has its own website. Let's have a look at the website. Hang on, is this going to be uh, like terribly designed from the nineties? Ooh, come on, Haskell, Texas, USA. Deep roots, bright horizons. Oh my god, it literally. You know how um in in uh. Game of Thrones. In House of Cards, they have that peach tower that uh, in like Frank's constituency. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Somebody drives that car into it. There's literally a water tower that looks not unlike it. Like <laughs> what we were saying about House of Cards earlier. What? Oh my God, Dan. There is a trout derby happening. Oh my God. We need to go. Quick. How much are tickets to Haskell? I'm, I'm waiting for the... I don't think their the, um, website host is particularly great because I've clicked on it and it's taken me five minutes to load the website. Uh, oh wait, no. There's a news article with... Um, <laughs> The only text in it is another hyperlink that just says Trout Derby. Do you reckon they have an airport? Wait a minute. This is just recursive. This is lit. Right. There is a <laughs> there is a blog on on this that just says Trout Derby. And then the only text in that blog is a hyperlink, Trout Derby. So I clicked it. The hyperlink's to the same page. There's just an infinite loop of, of, of trout. 
what? <laughs> what right. is this place? Have we just discovered some... It's like a paper town. It doesn't actually exist. This is all just uh, stuff that's smoke and mirrors on the internet. Hang on, I've, let me wait another five minutes for another web page to load so I can tell you something interesting about what's happening in Haskell. I mean, a town of... Right, I've got people. some options for you. Right. You can either... Would you rather have connecting flights or non-stop flights? Oh, non-stop always. I hate the transfers. Okay, would you rather fly with American, Finnair, British Airways or Iberia? Makes no difference. It's all the same price. Would I rather fly through thin air? Are you telling me would I like to do this via space? Yes. Uh, well, then, yeah, definitely that. Thin air. Thin air. Okay. Uh, that'll be uh, £1,013. Single or return? Uh, that is for a return, I believe. I mean, that's basically a steal to go to the Trout Derby. It's a non-stop flight as well. American and Finnair would be going. Um, it would take us 10 hours and 25 minutes. Do we have anybody in from Haskell who's listening if, or if, lives near? If we do, I would be... I mean, weird, stranger things have happened on this podcast, Dan, but I would be well, tell you what, astonished. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nip onto our... Our, our hosting service. That's thanks to uh, thanks to Podbean for hosting this podcast, and thanks to our um, patrons for making us possible to pay Podbean. Indeed, um, and I'm going to go to our statistics and have a look at the geography and see because I should be able to do a state breakdown. The only thing that yes, I've been able to find on the Haskell website, Dan, is that there was a job opening in January. Gosh, and that apparently. A job. There is a, a chamber banquet happening in April. I don't think this place is real. I think this is a myth. Like global warming. So we have 28 Eskimos. listeners in Texas. Right? Does it say Which any more specifically than that? Sadly not. I can't, I can't break down the state of Texas itself. If you live in or near Haskell, do let us know. Is it actually a place or is this just a figment of Wikipedia's imagination? Because It's quite interesting. So... Simon, I'd like you to try and take a guess at the top five states of our our American listenership. Okay, well, so this is probably going to follow the population of those states, right? Like, as in which just states are most populous. So that's probably... Okay. I mean, Texas is probably up there? No. Really? Okay, uh, California. California's number one. Mm, New York? New York is number four. Uh, ooh, oh, God, this is when my, suddenly my, the rest of my knowledge of like how many people live in various states plummets. Uh, Florida? No. Um, okay, I'm going to just now go stabs in the dark. Massachusetts. Massachusetts is third. Um, uh, oh, God, what other states have got lots and lots of people in? Um, uh, um, we mentioned it before, South Carolina. South Carolina is not on the list. Uh, oh, God. Um, Tennessee. Tennessee is not on the list. Go on, then. What are the other ones? I'm never going to guess them. So we have in in fifth to fourth, it's Michigan, New York, Massachusetts, Virginia, California. Wait, Virginia as a whole is a uh, is there a, is there just a state called Virginia? I thought it was divided into substates. Pretty sure it's a state, isn't it? Oh yeah. God, how on earth have I messed that? Oh, I'm thinking of West Virginia. Sorry, that was why I thought that like there was almost be a, heaven. Uh, yeah, Shenandoah River. Um, yeah. I was thinking. I was. I was thinking for some reason that there was a West Virginia and an East Virginia. Like I. I definitely knew. Ah, it is. Ah, this is. It's not technically a state though, right? It's a commonwealth. So I think that that. I mean, if you put if you look up a a list of U.S. states, which it will is what be we've got there. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not denying that the, the state. I mean, unlike Haskell, Texas, I'm not saying that Virginia doesn't exist. Apparently, it's the uh, the Virginia General Assembly is the oldest continuous lawmaking body in the New World. I thought that was Mitch McConnell, but apparently, it's um, the Virginia General Assembly. 
Gosh. Uh, apparently, Virginia's economy has many sectors. Agriculture in the Shenandoah Valley, federal agencies in North Virginia, including the CIA, and military facilities in Hampton Roads. We have 15 listeners in Minnesota. Oh, how's the, what's that about, D? Far, uh, that's just lovely, isn't it? I, I do like the northern accent, I've got to say. And as we learned when we, when we had Tearzoo on the show, um, we learned that there are apparently just loads of YouTubers who are up in Minnesota. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we should. I would like to get some more people on the show at some point. We we haven't had guests on for a while because I mean, the show's been an absolute mess for a while. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have people on the Discord can always have a chat about who they think would be a good fit for the show because I think we're all, we're always open to ideas. Uh, out of out of curiosity, I've had a look at this Haskell Texas Wikipedia page because I'm curious as to how boring it actually is. And the most the most brilliant sentence that's ever been typed under a under a, a places uh, government section simply <laughs> says Haskell is the county seat of Haskell County. Full stop. That's it. That's the whole section. Outstanding. Brilliant. Also, someone's I- trying to make up the word count. Haskell is the county seat of Haskell County, where the county of Haskell has a seat for the county of Haskell. I'm looking at the map of um, where it is within the Haskell County. Um, I'm not like I, I have. To, I was a bit confused by this because there's a map of where the county is within Texas, which Texas. I mean, this is. A, I'm going to sound very stupid saying this, but Texas looks a little bit like America, as in like the USA. If you think about like the the southern border of the Texas, shape of the country, yeah, like the shape of the country looks a bit like the shape of the state, and because yeah. um, there's a little horn for Florida, and there's the border with Mexico, and then there's a flat border at the top for Canada. Um, but then what you normally see on maps of America is you have like the contiguous United States, and then a little box with Hawaii in, um, except. There's a little box next to the map of Texas, which I just realized that Haskell County is perfectly square. Apart- oh, no, no, there are some slight mm. deviations in the top right corner. It's not perfectly square. And then Haskell County is just a little red blob in the middle of that, which implies that there is nothing. There is absolutely, there, there is a void outside yeah. of Haskell County for seemingly leagues in every direction. Bizarre. Also, did you, I, I learned the other day what the definition of a, of a league is. Do you know, do you know, do you know this? Um, I think I... Oh, no, I'm thinking of fathoms. Yeah, fathom is related to the chain, isn't it? It's an, it's an old imperial measurement. Yeah, I think fathom... It's what? It's like one and a half or two metres or something? It's really small. Yeah, it's like two metres. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, well, but yeah, a league is the um, distance a person could walk in an hour. Yeah. So it's about three okay. or four miles, and it, it varies yeah. depending on, on where you are. Um, but hang on, let's just have a look at this. Was it fathom we were talking about? Fathom. Um... Full fathom five. It's th- two yards long. The, originally, the span of a man's outstretched arms. Yeah. It's apparently defined in some places as a thousandth of an admiralty. Oh, oh an admiralty nautical hmm. mile. The more you know. Wow. But then there's also the chain. The chain is a unit of measurement. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what I love about the imperial measurement system. Is it's like a chain is a unit of length equal to sixty six feet. Yeah. And it it's be... like um, um uh, shoe sizes. Isn't it? There's a barley corn is the the unit of measurement for for measuring feet. Well, I think, or at least it, a bar, a, an inch UK. was originally um, defined as like three barley corns laid end to end, or something like that. This is a, a particularly let's Im- have a look and see important uh, measurement to to guys. The barley corn is a small English unit of length equal to one third of an inch, still yes. used as a basis of shoe sizes in English speaking countries. So, and the inch is equal to one thirty sixth of a yard or one twelfth of a foot. Derived, oh, 
just to make things easy. Derived from the Roman uncia, 12th. Word inch is sometimes huh. used. Uh, usually understood as deriving from the width of the human thumb. What the f- God, I'm so glad for standardized units, Dan. <laughs> the yeah. metric system Isn't was also the best like thing we ever invented. The, the expression um, rule of thumb. Uh, is this is this the nuclear thing? I thought it was something else. So the the, the, the etymology I heard was that a rule of thumb is that if you cover a, a nuclear blast like a mushroom cloud with your thumb, if you can, if you can completely cover it with your thumb and can't see it anymore, then you're far enough away to be out of danger. But I, I, I but I yeah. imagine the rule of thumb is so older than that. I know some I know something different, which I've now looked up, and it's a modern folk etymology holds the phrase derives from the maximum width of a stick allowed for wife beating under English law. <laughs> oh my god. That yeah. Well, as in, as if nuclear war wasn't dark anyway. But Jesus. No, exactly. So I, I I'm currently looking at the um the Wikipedia um equivalences section under the inch article. Apparently, right. right the the inch is equivalent to ten thousand tenths, one thousand vowels, one hundred points, seventy two postscript points. 10, 12, 16 or 40 lines, 6 computer picas, 3 barleycorns, 2.54 centimetres, exactly, 0.999998 US survey inches, 1 third of a palm, 1 quarter of a hand, 1 twelfth of a foot, or 1 thirty-sixth of a yard. How bizarre. I, have, I, I feel like, if anything, I now know less how, <laughs> about how big an inch is. Um, yeah. That's going to be my excuse for overestimating That's anyway. That's um, Right. So we do we do have some exciting news later in this podcast. Oh, we, uh, do. we do. We do. Very exciting news. Well, actually, stay, we, stay tuned. We, we have some exciting news, which we'll save for Patreon Corner. Um, mm. But um, we, we, we should probably introduce listeners. Uh, sorry. God, what am I saying? We should probably introduce readers to the third member of the Wikicast team now. Um, mm. Which is... It has it's been a, I mean, God, I don't even know how long it's been in the community for, um, like definitely since the beginning of the podcast. Um, and he is now editing the Wikicast. I am free hey. from my shackles. Uh, I, I, we, we are using some of the money from uh, our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash the Wikicast. Um, and he's editing the episode that you are hearing right now. So if he wants to put in a variety of sound effects, and farts, and elephants, um, that's on him. Um, you know, I look like a tit now if, if he didn't do any of that. Um, but uh, he actually edited the last episode. Um, but I feel like I'd like to just publicly acknowledge that has has taken over. Uh, and so, um, if there are any errors or missed swears, it is entirely his fault. Um, and we're very grateful uh, for his contributions um, to to the show as we inch towards creating a better future. Ah! Oh my god! There we go. Very sick. <laughs> <laughs> I am so. Seems like the the wise grand wizard of this sorry, you, of this podcast. Are you sure that you want to talk about something in Texas and then use the phrase "grand wizard"? I did it deliberately. I was hoping you would pick up on that point. Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 That's fine. Um, no. No. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> let's not go for that. Um, cool. Okay. So we yeah we were talking about this fictional town in Texas. Let's just let's just wrap up this article. Um, <laughs> No, we're not going to do that. Um, so basically, there's there's a little section here at the bottom um, about notable people from Haskell. Apparently, um, Anita Thigben Perry is the former first lady okay. of Texas, and she's from this place. As is Rick Perry, who you might remember was a uh, the governor of Texas, and he tried to be president uh, for the past two election oh. cycles. 
Yeah, yeah, I thought I recognised the name. Did you hear that Bernie Sanders has announced he's running for election in 2020, incidentally? Yes, he has. Although, I mean, the field is like so wide open at this point for the Democratic yeah. nominee. I mean, he probably won't get it. I mean, I'm I'm also running, so it's a, honestly... Quite it's a literally, free... I am running. I'm running this week. In fact, when this podcast is, is released, I will probably be in the moment of running my first half marathon. Um, so, um, yes, but everybody's running for Democratic nominee. Um, actually, hang on, let's just have a quick look at this. List of people, uh, list of Democratic nominees uh, for president. Because I bet there are some... I mean, I did see an article that was like, The Rock might be one. Like, <laughs> there, are, there are so many people uh, who, right, declared candidates. Here we go. Julian Castro, the uh, slightly successful younger brother of uh, Fidel. Fidel. Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar. What a great name. Yeah, Bernie. Phil- Bernie, there he is. He, he, I mean, I do like his politics, but I feel like the time has come for a new, uh, somebody a bit younger than Bernie. Like, Ayo, um, Alessandra Ocasio-Cortez seems to be like, I mean, is really shaking things up. Um, yeah, she's, she is. She's not declared this time, but uh, as in like to run for president, but I imagine that's only a matter of time. Yeah, she'll be such a popular candidate, won't she? Mm. Oh, wow, there's a guy here um, who has what, hang on, filed with the Federal Election Commission to run for president in the Democratic primary, right? This guy was born at RAF Burtonwood. So he's, he's American, but he was born uh, on a on an airbase um, here. Um, and then, you know, are there, is there, are there other mental people who are going to be on this list? Oh, I mean, the Republicans are right here. Um there's a guy here who's the former Tallahassee mayor, and when asked whether he was running, his verbatim quote is, come on, give me a break. No, really, give me a break. <laughs> I'd vote <laughs> for him. He doesn't seem very keen. I mean, have you, have you seen the way that, like, Americans treat their presidents? I can't blame them, mm. frankly. Well, who was it? Wasn't there was some something to do with French revolution i think where they said that the best person to lead is the person who doesn't want to lead because they're not going to abuse the power oh that's like, like what your leader uh, wants to be the- that's like cincinnati isn't it right that's, that's something like that um there, that sounds like there's a quote in there somewhere i'm gonna try and find it i mean let's face it i mean oh god i was about to say trump isn't gonna win again but i mean i mean anything's possible isn't it we didn't think he was gonna win in the first place and like in life i find it's it's easiest to be pessimistic because then you're rarely disappointed he ran he's done exactly basically what he said he would he's been the president that he appeared to be on the campaign trail you know like his behavior on the campaign trail has gone exactly over into being president so in a sense people got what they voted for so that would kind of indicate that maybe people are going to vote for him again i i i I just don't know dan i mean i feel like i think even i think even donald trump would be like actually you know what i've done it once now that's fine well the thing is i don't want to do it there was a lot of evidence that i read and and it's very difficult to sort of know what to trust especially when when the coverage is american um but i have read coverage that basically said that the day the, the nights that he found out that he'd won, it was a very weird mood. I think I think this was the the, the book that his staffer released. Um, oh yeah, about being like, yeah, he kind of didn't really want to be president, and now he's stuck. Um, yeah, which might be the first person. Is there another American president who has like accidentally become president, like without wanting to? I, I don't. I can't um, think of anyone off the top of my I head. Don't- Probably not president. I mean, was it Johnson who became president because, like, you know, um, Kennedy was assassinated? Um, and then obviously, I don't know, who became president after Lincoln was assassinated? Don't know. I'm going to I'm Google I don't it. really know much about American presidents, to be honest. I'd like to, there, there, there's going to be a good book out there. Oh, jo- Andrew Johnson was um, the successor to um, Lincoln. Uh, and then JFK's successor was. Oh, wow, they were both called Johnson. Lyndon B. Johnson and Andrew Johnson. I never noticed that, um, that parallel. 
Yeah. That's quite fun. Ah. Um, ah, well, there we go. We all learned something today on a podcast about Wikipedia. Who would have thought it? Yeah, there, there's definitely a good book. If anyone could re- recommend me a good book about um, the American presidency, because I, re- I, I listened to the Blinkist of um, The Bully Pulpit, which was about Roosevelt, like Teddy Roosevelt, um, which was really interesting. But I'd like to learn a broader picture. Yeah. If, in fact, actually, on that note, if anyone's got a recommendation of a, just a, a good... Um, kind of all-encompassing nice general book on american history well there is that um, famous because i did one. it i did it at school and i bloody love it i thought it was one of the most interesting from colonization right the way through to the civil war to war of independence i found them fascinating i thought they were really excellent now what was that there's that famous book uh, in um goodwill hunting uh, do you remember there's a oh yeah american um, history book yeah hang on i'm googling it now um uh, a People's History of the United States. Right. Apparently. I don't know if that's actually um, going going to be actually good. Uh, I'm just Googling it now. Two million copies sold, praised and criticised by historians from across the political spectrum. Critics assert blatant omissions of important historical episodes, uncritical reliance on biased sources and systematic failures to examine opposing views. Ah, oh, sounds like it's America. Mm. You know, it sounds pretty appropriate. So perhaps not that one then. Perhaps there are better ones out there. Well, we've got as we've as we've already discussed, we've got plenty of listeners in the over across the pond. <laughs> so if you've got any recommendations, please send us an email, uh, spongyelectric at gmail dot com, or tweet us on Twitter. No, I'd like you to tweet yeah, us on Facebook. Yeah. I want you to. I want you madmen to do it. I want. I want you to people to find a way of you to tweet us on our Facebook page. Yeah, get it tweet, done. Tweet us and uplink it to Insta, Insta Snap. Uh, yeah, just MSN and, um, us on Bebo. Uh, that's probably the easiest yeah. way to get to us. Yeah, that'd be super. Well, instead of talking about things that we'd like to know about in the future, Dan, should you, would you like to talk about something that you know right now? And that's your choral piece of the week. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Corpus of the week. Um, oh gosh, you've kind of caught me on a bit of a, out on a limb here. I haven't. Uh, I've been on. I've been on half term. You see, which has been uh, which has been really quite lovely. I've been. I've been. Start. I was back on Monday. I'm going to suggest. What do we do? We could start thinking about Lent, I suppose, couldn't we? Yeah, because next week, as of the time of recording this, is um, Lash Wednesday, and um, yeah, uh, lots of interesting music there. Now we've mentioned before the Sanders reproaches. We have. Oh, have they been in a, a choral piece of the week though? I don't think they have. No. Okay. Well, I mean, I they, don't think they have. They are one of my. However, favorite because pieces. they have been mentioned before, um, I'm going to suggest a slightly different piece, yet in a in a similar vein, and it's uh, it's by Edward Bearstone, mm-hmm. and it's the Lamentation. I don't think I know that one. It's excellent. It's really excellent. Give it a listen if you ha- if you're familiar with. Um, it's so it's it psalms basically right but it's 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 epic i don't think chapel have ever actually done them um apparently we do them at the cathedral every year along with the sanders approaches wait hold on but it's really yeah it's really very cool so right i've um i i had a sort of an additional thing on on this sort of topic of lent um yeah so i um everybody everywhere in the world for ash wednesday sings what piece of music dan oh god um it hasn't been one that i've mentioned Still, Allegris Miserere. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> like one of the most famous pieces of of choral music. Uh, what I was going to yeah. say is, um, that's kind of completely overtaken the text 
of the Miserere Medeus. Like, you never hear that text mm-hmm. really anywhere else. So I, I um, found a recording... With the exception of Bird. Birds is very popular. Oh, yes, yes, that is that is true, to be fair. Um, but I, I found one that I'd never heard before, which is by uh, an English composer called Christopher Ty, um, who was a, a Renaissance English composer, so roughly contemporary of, of Talis. Mm. Uh, and that kind of that kind of time, um, God, it even looks like Talus. Yeah, well, if, if you Google, same, yeah. I'm pretty sure that actually is a picture of Talus. <laughs> um, oh, it is. <laughs> it is a picture of Talus. Oh, uh, like that's how in his shadow he is. People are like, oh, that great yeah. Christopher. How Tyler. embarrassing! Um, oh, oh no. They've also got underneath in his little bio. People also search for Thomas Talus with the same picture. Yep, well, there we go. Um, but he um, he's best known for his hymn Winchester Old, based on a theme from Acts of the Apostles, which forms the basis of the most commonly performed version of While Shepherds Washed Their Flocks. I definitely said washed. While Shepherds Washed Their Socks by Night. Yeah. So he, he wrote that. While watching ITV. Um, but um, yeah, so he, he set uh, The Miserere, um, and there's a recording by Magdalen College. Uh, oh, yeah, or Oxford. Uh, conducted by Bill Ives. Not Grayston, um, and um, yeah, it's just a very nice piece of Renaissance music. I, I, it's sort of quite refreshing to hear it. Uh, the, the the text that you so often associate with, yeah, the Allegri mostly, sometimes the bird, um, mm. in like a new setting, kind of brings it to life a bit more. Um, so I, I cool. just like to chip in with that this week. So now we find ourselves in critics' corner, um, and Dan, um, you've been a very busy boy haven't you so you have not really had much of a, a chance to really critique anything mm. so i i'm gonna i'm not just, really at all i'm gonna step in here and uh you'll mind if i praise the lord um so uh, i'm just gonna follow up on something that we talked about in our episode about um the favorites um because right basically uh, my friend claire who is a, a reader of the podcast um apparently she was uh quote driving and crying when i i inferred that you would look like nosferatu if you didn't have any hair um basically um, she took took me up on this this thing of um what we were saying about emma stone and it felt like her boobs were being used well her body was being used as like uh like an entity it was just like a you know it was being used as a piece a of commodity meat. yeah a commodity exactly um mm. and i felt uneasy about that and um she um messaged me after she listened to the show and said i would have i would agree with you but i just read this in an interview so i'll just read out um apparently um th- th- this is this is a direct quote from emma stone i had the sheet up around me and as we were shooting it and did a few takes i said can i please just be naked i think it's going to give sarah something to look at when she sees that i'm not just under the sheet covered up olivia said don't do it yorgos said are you sure that's what you want to do and i said yes absolutely i choose to do it um i i was like this makes sense to me it's an absolute um off to sarah so yeah um very interesting that um that was entirely as we'd kind of hoped in that episode um mm-hmm. it was her you know her character's decision to so no not her character the, the you know emma stone's decision to to do it um so i thought yeah i thought that was I just, that was just sort of a nice little follow-up i mean claire basically says yeah that's really interesting um, she thought because she's she's a very perceptive critic of of stuff I'm, I'm quite intellectually intimidated by her i don't mind admitting um but um, she was saying that the, the film felt very female gazy, um, mm. w- despite the fact that it had a male director, which, you know, is quite um, unusual, really. You know, the male gaze is, is kind of everywhere normally. But yeah, so we, we had an interesting conversation. I promised I wouldn't read out most of our messages. Um, so that is, that is me mm. fulfilling my promise to her. I just thought I thought that might be of interest to, to readers of the podcast. Um, 
and, and of course, uh, the favourite cleared up a bunch of Oscars. We could we could talk about the Oscars um, having happened over the past uh, of course, couple yeah. of days. I can't actually remember when exactly they happened. Um, but Olivia Coleman won for the favourite and gave one of the best acceptance speeches ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was incredible. Green Book won Best Picture, which I'm not... I mean, I hadn't seen the film, but it did seem to be, have been met with some derision. I mean, I know that there was some mm. controversy about the way that it portrayed the relationship, like the friendship in the film, um, as not being necessarily accurate. And Viggo Mortensen, for some reason, tried to drop the N-word in like a sensitive context, as far as I could tell in an interview. I haven't actually watched it, but like, you know, basically realized afterwards that, oh yeah, I shouldn't have done that. That was, there's no context in which I can say it, uh, even in the context of like talking about the film. So, you know, it had its like critics and everything, but people seem to think that the favorite or Roma should have won. Mm. Um, the, 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 as far as I'm concerned, the most interesting win, win of the night, apart from Bohemian Rhapsody winning best editing for some reason, like it won... F- yeah, four Oscars, I think, um, which, which is ridiculous. Um, was that Black Panther won the um, award for best score? Which I think, I, I, oh yes, yeah. As soon as I listened to it for the first time, I was like, I really hope that this at least gets nominated. I nominated. I think that it could win the Academy Award because the score is so cool. And uh, production design went to it as well, didn't it? Yep, hardly a surprise. I mean, the the, the design yeah. on it is just amazing like as a fully realized world it's so vivid it felt so lived in i mean i i i'd be interested to watch black panther again now actually because i I came out of it and i was just completely blown away um and i tried Mm. to be as insulated as possible from the buzz around it because you know when it came out there was a huge buzz of the fact that it's the first like really empowered black super superhero movie and you know uh, and I, I feel like that that probably did influence my perception of it so i'd be interested to go yeah. back now and be like did i actually love this as much as i thought i did um because i think i was being independent and i'm not saying that the film was perfect there were definitely bits which i would have wanted to have changed but i thought it was mm-hmm. really refreshing and really just i just thought it was a really good movie um so because mm. i know that some people animated feature goes to spider-man into the spider-verse which i'm really curious to see actually. yeah same I, I really wanted to see it in the cinema and i just didn't get around to it and i feel i feel like that is yeah. me with every film at the moment i just don't quite get around to, to watching them yep. have you seen the um second trailer to aladdin with a genie in it Mm-hmm. yeah yeah me too we talked about this last time didn't we I think we talked about it in the last episode. I think we did, but I don't know whether we spoke about it with the in. Oh no, we did because he said it was he was just big. And, yeah, 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 yeah. We did, we did, we did. Um, but there has that. also, although on the on the, the subject of trailers, there has been a trailer released for his Dark Materials. You know the BBC series. Oh, has there? It's a little. Te- hang on, I'll find it for you. Um, there's a there's been a little teaser trailer that's been released, and I, it's like it's good. I've um I've it, did it come out four days ago? Like yes. a thirty second clip. Yes, thirty second. Oh, you found it already. Right, I'm going to um I'm going to watch the trailer. Oh, good cast. Mm-hmm. Except there's fucking Ruth Wilson in it, and she's in everything, and that really pisses me off. <laughs> Why do you not like Ruth Wilson? Because she's in everything. Like, get give someone else a gig. I think it's, she plays. She seems to play the same role in like everything. I mean, she's perfect for Mrs. Coulter, though. Like, the role that she plays in Luther is Mrs. Coulter. That looks very exciting, though. I mean, I have to admit, James I, McAvoy. I was, I was like, he's very versatile, isn't he? He is very versatile. Like, and I feel like Split really showed that. 
because um, I wasn't mm. originally sold as him being Lord Azrael because I couldn't imagine him being all domineering and like just like this overwhelming presence. Um, mm. But it looks like he's gonna he's gonna do it. I mean, um, the girl because the girl who's playing Lyra was the girl who uh, um, was in Logan. Um, yeah, uh, the young I can't remember her name off the top of my head now. But yeah, and, and like literally couldn't be any more perfect. Could not be more perfect casting. The only one that I was a bit unsure about as well was Lee uh, Lin Manuel Miranda being um, Lee Scoresby. Mm. But because I just think Sam Elliott was perfect, I, I'm kind of after this trailer. I'm kind of open to it. I feel like it could be, it could be good. Um, but yeah, very very hyped. And and they just released uh, announced the release date for the second uh, Book of Dust um, volume, and that's I think October. I retweeted it. I can't remember now. But yeah, it is available. It, you know, like they, they've let it know when it's going to be available. So mm. very exciting his Dark Materials news. Um, so gosh, just without without wanting to stretch this um, corner on past its welcome, um, because I know that Saudi LePage in particular uh, loathes when we do that. So maybe we should take our time. I um, I've been watching and I have now watched in its entirety a series on Netflix called Sex Education. Have you heard about this? I have heard about this, yeah. Um, have you watched any? No, I haven't. So it's really good. <laughs> it's, it's my it's my basic review. Um, it did look good. Like the, I, I've got to say, the production value of it, like every episode, the cinematography in particular, was just amazing. Like, yeah, I think as a kind of as a as a rule of thumb. Um, you can pretty much guarantee that anything on Netflix, as, as a Netflix original anyway, will look good. Yeah, like they buy a lot of <laughs> Like they do buy a lot yeah. of low, lower quality. And they have shows. a style, they, they have a really, really kind of established cinem- cinematic style across whether it's a whether it's an episode piece of fiction or an, a, a documentary, you know, mm. they, they, they have lots of very, very long lenses, um, very smooth, really really crisp lots um, of god rays like lots of beams of light i've noticed is like quite a common yes, thing because yeah. that's all over the place in this show but it's yeah it's um, i've got to say if people are after something um sort of a little bit different it's very it's kind of fun and quirky and it, it, you know it's one of those things where reality's uh, the, the, my major problem with the show is the fact that it's not clear about where or when it is set as in it is meant to be set in the uk at a a school seemingly in the present or, you know, at least modern era, but people dress and act like it's the 80s, and people act and the school is similar to an American high school. So mm. it's a bit, it's, it's almost like American producers wanted to make a show about a British school, but have never visited a British school. I think that's deliberate, actually, because they did a similar setting for, um, is it End of Fucking World? I think that's a, that TV show where they deliberately have this kind of weirdly blurred cultural right. space. Okay. So it, it can it's as appealing to a British audience as it would be an American. I could be completely wrong, but I'm fairly sure that's why they did it. I mean, the, the, the setting of the school and in fact, the, the general treatment of that immediate kind of locality and whenever they travel anywhere, you could very easily be also in America. It occupies yeah. this weird... This weird space of kind of like a um, a hodgepodge of, of cultural yeah, it's, cliche. Yeah, it, that's an interesting point, actually. But yes, I suppose it is because to make it relatable to... It's relatable to us because we recognise the accents, and the accents are exotic to Americans. And to us, the practices are exotic, but to Americans, the, uh, the activities in the school seem familiar. Um, yeah. So it's quite, that's quite a And I think an American movie. school image and style lends itself to the screen far more than, say, a British school system does. Well, I remember, like, my experience of going to school in the UK was definitely a lot darker, um, sort of grittier, 
and more cramped than anything I've seen in an American school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, admittedly, I went to a state comprehensive, so that's not going to be everyone, but it's going to be most people. It's like 93% of the UK is educated in a state school, I think. I'm not sure that if that yeah. includes grammar or not. But even the structure, like, you know, like typically no uniform versus uniform, mm. big, big red brick building with steps leading up through the main gate, like, you know, I don't. I don't think many schools have that similar kind of. Um, yeah, it's it's almost fictitious it, it, in itself. It looks you know? like a university, or, or, or rather yeah. than a school. Um, whereas, yeah, for me, school yeah. was like. I mean, I had to wear a blazer and like a tie every day um, until sixth form, and then yeah, like all the the school is just like you don't have those big long areas with lockers, like the big wide uh, corridors with lockers that are well lit and everything. I definitely remember school being dark and narrow corridors and crushes of students because the, there are too many students for the size of the school and like you yeah. get you know might is right and the biggest students just plow through and if you're small in the school you just have to suffer through those years in the ecosystem mm-hmm. like it's it's definitely a very different feel to what sex education is like but the show is good um and in particular the guy who plays um the main character's best friend because I haven't. I've been watching it, but not really. Pixel Girl's been watching it, and I've been kind of catching it on the side. And I've rewatched on my own the finale because I wanted to catch up on all the, the threads. Um, so I don't know people's names, um, but the the main character's best friend is like a really good performance, like very well written character, mm. but also very strong performance. But yeah, I'd recommend it. That that and I watched the documentary with with Pixel Girl um, called Abducted in Plain Sight. Um, which was oh yeah, I heard about that as well. Really chilling. If people are into like the real crime stuff, it is. Um, it's a little bit of a giveaway that they they are interviewing the person who was abducted from the very beginning. Like so, you know that this mm. person survives. Um, but teleological narrative. Bam. Uh, what? Sorry, a teleological narrative. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that expression before. That's fun. A bit like Titanic. How you know they they show yeah. the ship or Romeo up. and Juliet. Most of Shakespeare's works always start with that opening like prologue where where he says exactly what's going to happen so the question is less what's going to happen but how does it happen you, and you could argue um, for something like uh, an, an established franchise like james bond has that but implicitly yeah. because you know that bond is going to survive but it's a question of how mm. now that's an interesting term i've not heard that before but um but yeah, yeah so so it's teleological um but it um but the actual the the depth of how sociopathic the guy who abducted this little girl who was it was a it was a the lot the very abridged version is that there's a pedophile who gets in there with uh, a guy's family with with this family seduces both parents and then abducts their child um at the age of i don't even know like eight or something like that it happened twice there were two disappearances and then convinces her that um they are being instructed by aliens to have sex and that if they don't the planet will end like the planet will explode and it's just weird it's like it it makes you realize how how awful individual humans can be to each other i mean you can also do that by reading the um... youtube comment section but there you go the, uh, the 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 series of episodes on Ted Bundy. Ah, no, so is is that um, what's the name of that show? Uh, the Lost Tapes of, or they explain tapes of, I think, or something like that. Right. Something no, tapes. I've not I've not seen that. I don't know very much about Ted Bundy. To be is that that's no. What did he do? Was he another paedophile? He was like one of the f- first um, serial killers given the title serial killer, and then he was eventually interviewed later and kind of was used like a um, psychological resource. So he'd like explain everything he did in third person. Conversations with a killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. And he's been played by Zac Efron or something like that. Like they're doing the show about him that makes him look really cool. 
They're now, yeah. So then, yeah, yeah they're now doing a, a film about him. It's uh, it's really really interesting. Wow. Well, this got dark, and this this episode is definitely going to get flagged on whichever <laughs> um, yeah. uh, service we put it on. So we may as well move on to the the corner that I think we are both most excited about because absolutely the big reveal. We have a big reveal for you in Patreon corner. <laughs> So we're in Patreon corner, but this time we have something slightly different. Um, it's quite exciting. Uh, Simon and I hinted towards this a couple of weeks ago, um, or a couple of episodes ago, rather. But for the first time in this podcast, the Wikicast's history, we are launching a contest, Ooh. an animation contest. Now, there's, there's, there's kind of lots of uh, guidelines and, and rules this contest, is, contest if you like, um, a document to which you'll be able to find. There'll be, a, um, be the first link in the description of this episode. There'll be a big, big thing that says Wikicast Animation Contest and then a link. Um, but Simon, do you want to give us a few more details as to what this contest is? Yes, I would, Daniel. Okay, so the clues in the name, the Wikicast Animation Contest. What we would like you, dear readers, to do is to pick as either one section or you could stitch together several sections of a Wikicast episode um, and animate it. And you can interpret that however you want. You could do that with digital animation. You could do it with claymation. You could do it with stop motion. Um, you could any form of animation you like. Um, as long as your end result uses audio from the Wikicast um, and Dan and I having a chat with each other um, and it's less than two minutes in length. So um, the, what we really want to do here is get a series of great animations to sort of highlight some of the best bit what you think the best bits of the podcast are and that's going to be mm -hmm. great for you know great experience and a great project for you guys to work on and we're going to give you we'll tell we'll uh, it's going to be about what uh i think it's six weeks that um I'll, the exact date that you need to submit everything by is april 14th so i think that's about six weeks um from the release of this episode is that also the day that the new season of Game of Thrones premieres? Is it? Oh God, did I pick a terrible so. day for... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, April 14th, oh, season, season well, one. There you episode. go, guys. You've got to get this season finished episode. by the time that Game of Thrones comes out. Okay, there's an extra deadline for you. Um, so you've got <laughs> six weeks to, to, to embark upon this project, however you wish to do that. You just need to um, upload it as a YouTube video, like a public YouTube video, and then uh, submit it uh, via the form that is in the... Uh, show notes of this podcast we'll also put it on the discord um i'll be tweeting it out dan will be tweeting it out we'll put it on all our socials so it'll be easy to find um mm -hmm. and there's no limit to the number of entries that you can submit technically um but um each one will be a separate use of the form and we would definitely recommend you to focus on like doing one high quality or you know two high quality entries rather than doing lots and lots of crappy ones basically um but the the winner of this competition because we will what we're going to do is is share the ones that we'd like um, on, mm -hmm. on our socials. So that's both the Wikicast socials, but also my social media and Dan's social media. And the winner, the, uh, the overall winner, is going to receive... Drumroll, please, Dan. <laughs> 200 British pounds, which will be good heavens above, which is going to come directly from the Patreon page. So what we what we wanted to do with this um, contest was to give back to the community and have like a contest for you guys, the people who really love the podcast, um, to sort of pull together the resources that you've given us. And we've built up an excess after paying for the hosting and now paying for editing and um, doing the donation to Wikimedia um, to now have this contest to give you guys something to work towards um, and a chance mm -hmm. to showcase your talents. 
And we already know, judging from the kind of, you know, the, the amazing things we get through Correspondence Corner and even, um, you know, the feedback for, for various crises, um, we've got a lot of very talented, very creative people. Um, Absolutely. So what better way than to uh, to highlight that than with a little competition? Incidentally, £200 is roughly 266 US dollars. At current exchange rates. <laughs> Sub- yeah, subject to pound crashing upon further Brexit news. I mean, because yeah, because this deadline will be post-Brexit, won't it? Oh, God, I hadn't thought about that. Well, yeah, so potentially the £200 will be worth nothing in your local currency. But if you're from the UK, then its value will <laughs> yeah. probably buy you a tin of beans after we leave the EU. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so so if you want some examples of what we're thinking of, um, I'll include a link in the show notes to uh, Fanimations, as they're called, um, that have been sent to Hat Films. Um, and they've This is fans of, of Hat Films' videos on YouTube who have animated sections of those. And some of them will be longer than two minutes but you'll get the idea of what we're going for um so you know in short just to recap with this is an animation contest where we'd like you to animate some audio from the wikicast in whatever way you see fit um you have to produce an animation which is less two minutes whatever form you choose to use you can use audio from other sources as well but really the focus is on animating audio from the wikicast and once you've made it then upload it to youtube and submit it via um the form which we've put in the show notes to this and it'll be everywhere on our social media and once you've um done that we will wait until april 14th um and then we will pick the ones that we like the best basically we'll we'll probably be sharing them as we go actually i don't know if we will share them as we go down we probably should be impartial um because what we Mm. want to do is be able to judge the animations without knowing who submitted them so we'll work with our the admins from the community to engineer a way that we can watch the animations without knowing who made them um yes and then that means the judging is more impartial we're not going to play favorites or anything like that um so we'll be sharing the winner but also some of the people who we like the most you know some some of the animations that we like the most on our socials and if you win there'll be 200 pounds aka roughly a tin of beans post brexit um which will transfer to you via paypal have i missed anything dan i feel like that's all the that's all the the key information No, i think that's pretty much spot on as i say that's quite a lot to remember but it's all going to be on this form that you'll see where you've got more detailed of the rules um, the judging criteria um, and all the date info. And I am so excited. I am. Me too. This is so excited by this. Yeah, this is going to be cool. I mean, in a way, it was almost worth building the podcast up to this point to having like two thousand listeners every week or whatever to just be able to get a couple of animations made of us talking about yeah. absolute nonsense. Here we go. So yeah, go, go, go choosing your favourite section of the Wikicast, um, or or if you want to stitch together, like in some Hat Films animations, for example, they stitch stitch together small bits from episodes into like little vignettes. Um, I I cannot wait. You guys are going to blow mm. us away with this. I have no doubt. So that is where your Patreon money has been building towards, and now we're also getting we're getting a member of the community to help uh, to, to edit the episodes for us um but who are these unsung heroes dan who are these people who make all of this possible well i'd love to tell you simon but i'm afraid patreon is currently down for maintenance so i can't <laughs> find the list <laughs> Why? marvelous um very unfortunate i'm not this is this is no joke this is um, not patreon is currently currently down for maintenance however our uh, our our wonderful patrons support this podcast in every way and will no doubt be wowing us even more with some incredible creative stuff in this competition <laughs> I, I that will follow in I in the coming weeks this. i'm so sorry guys we were like building up and like oh these amazing people like you make all of this possible we're gonna do all this cool stuff with the money that you've given us who are oh it's down for maintenance <laughs> like... yeah it's a little fox with a hard hat and a wrench 
Um, yeah. <sighs> thank you, Fox. That's all I can... Thank you, Fox, with Hard Hat and Wrench. You make this podcast possible. We'll be back next week with the names of the people who support us because we don't write them down anywhere. They're only on Patreon. <laughs> that is an oversight, Dan. I feel like maybe yeah. maybe we should fix that for future episodes. Yes, well, you know, live and learn, live and learn. Top lad! I have two pigeons shagging on my fence. Oh, lucky you! Lucky pigeons. Yeah, well, one of there's, there's actually three. Um, there's one who whose base he's keeps trying to go for the bird feeder. Well, he's trying to f- it's the very bird much feeder. not designed. <laughs> he's just well, to... no, I think he's just trying. He's trying to land on it, and it's not built to support the hefty weight of a of a pigeon. We've had this problem because we've got a bird feeder now, and the wood pigeons keep coming in and just smashing into yeah. it like they're, they're the size of the bird feeder <laughs> just plowing yeah. it off the, off of the well tree. now my, my um my garden has has i don't want to exaggerate but i'm basically recreating the garden of eden in my <laughs> in my back my backyard um we went to the uh we went to the gar- hey, sorry i've realized that we, we've, we've got so far through this episode and i haven't said anything that makes me sound like a 50 year old man so here we go <clears throat> <laughs> i had a very exciting birthday last week um it was all quite good fun we went to uh, a a uh, a national um a national what's what national thinking? trust national heritage national trust i saw it was British a lo- heritage national trust lovely, um, lovely um, place it was lovely yeah um uh, called colleton fishacre which was really really nice which is the family home of the doily cart family who obviously for their gns ties so it's quite interesting to go there purely for my connections with gns mm. um uh, but it was all quite good fun um and then on the Sunday, because it had been quite a quite a full on week with party and then actual birthday and nothing, we decided to have a slightly tamer day, um, and we made a very exciting trip in the early hours of Sunday morning to the garden centre. Oh, now I love a garden centre. That if nothing quite gets me um, gets you going, gets me foaming at the mouth <laughs> as uh, rabies as uh, as staring at some bougainvilliers and <laughs> uh, primula veris. Um, oh, stop it! So. Uh, Yes, so uh, so we so we went and I bought a sh- basically a shit ton of plants and I've been going through the garden planting said plants um, and uh, it's all been really quite exciting. I'll have to do a post on Twitter um, to uh, to let the world know that I'm uh, not just a domestic goddess but a horticultural one too. Oh goodness um, me! I know it's but it's really quite exciting. I've got some lavender now. Uh, I've planted a blackberry bush um, so I can make my own jam. Oh. Um, I mean, it must be said, this bush is very small at the moment. It's more of a blackberry stick, um, but I have I have high hopes. I've got some honeysuckle to climb up a tree. Um, I've got to train it. Uh, it's all very exciting. I've gone through and Sorry, I've, just, I've redone I, my herbs. I'm just having this very vision exciting. of you in your flat cap, just like yelling at this honeysuckle going up a tree, going, come by, come by. Yeah, away, away. Whistling at it. Away, away. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> honeysuckle like um, it's very well trained. It smells. The garden already smells so nice because of that. We've got so many um, lovely smelling things in, and I'm going to get some chamomile and plant that near the front door. And oh god, it's going to be very exciting. Well, I can't. Anyway, I cannot there wait. You go. Just a little update on old man Dan's life. And now we find ourselves in Correspondence Corner. Fortunately, none of our readers are in crisis this week. Though if you do find yourself in crisis, do send us an email to spongyelectric.gmail.com. Put Crisis Corner in the subject line and uh, we will be discussing um, your unfortunate 
series of events. Um, but fortunately, everything is fine at the moment, apparently. So we're going to go straight on to correspondence. And we kick off with an email from Harry Kennedy, uh, who, who writes the email, Things to do in Oxford and Japanese studies. Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, I've been reading the Wikicast since episode one. And Simon, I've been watching your channel since maybe 2013. Oh, my God. Um, and I have to say... God, I didn't even know you then. I think... Yeah, 2014, I think, was when we met, wasn't it? To then 2015, because I was still in Australia in 2014. I, I came to uni in t- September 2015, so I would have met you then. You're kidding. No, I thought yeah. it was my second year in my uni, wasn't it? That I No, because you were... When When did you join chapel? Because I remember I'm... That was in my first year, but I thought that you joined the year after me, didn't you? No, I, st- I came to Exeter Uni in September 2015. Oh my God. Wow. So, so Harry Kennedy is um, BD before Dan. Uh, and, and, I have to say, um, and Harry has to say they're a big fan. Well... I, I, I pity your taste. Um, I listen to the podcast most days on the way to and from uni, and I go back to the older episodes when there isn't a new release. Well, there is today. Um, I'm currently a second year at Oxford Brooks doing Japanese studies. Uh, Simon and Dan, I know you. Um, I know you both mm. have ties to Oxford, and I was wondering what your favourite things to do in the city are. Any hidden gems or things in North Oxford? As I'm Cowley based. Well, because we, 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 I don't really think we've talked a huge amount about Oxford, actually, Dan. What, what are your hidden gems? Well, I mean, I don't. You'll know it far better than I do because i i live I live near Oxford, but I'm very, very rural. So the the amount of times I actually go into the city are few and far between. I mean, ov- like obviously, I'd say um, if you're Cowley based, you have to go to Atomic Burger, which I don't. You have been to, is that right? I have not have been not. to. Oh, well, I have to do that. I know I have been. Is that the spicy one or not? Yes. Yeah, that's the that's the place that does what is meant to be the world's hottest burger. But they also do other. I haven't been there. Right. I do really desperately want to go there. Oh, yeah. You'd love it. Otherwise, I don't really, I don't really know a great deal about um, about Oxford. I mean, in terms of like, so North Oxford. Uh, I mean, yeah, all the stuff that I know is in the centre. Um, so, mm. I mean, in terms of hidden, what's the really good gallery? It's not the, uh, the well. There's the art gallery in the Ashmolean Museum. Obviously, there's the Pitt Rivers and the Natural History Museum. These are like the big tourist places to go. Um, where else is a hidden gem? Oh, the Ultimate Picture Palace. Um, still probably the, my favourite cinema I've ever been to is a cinema in Cowley that has a capacity of like 50 and there's a bar at the back of the screening room um, and it's delightful absolutely delightful um, and like normally it queues around the block um, like if, if, to, to get tickets but I think you can get them in advance uh, which I'd recommend doing that mm. is absolutely a hidden gem um, oh god what else is there I mean to be fair a lot of it is just so on the surface it's it's so easy to find Um you know, uh, stuff in Oxford because it's made to be fi- easy to find for the tourists. Um, the the, the mm. um, actually, yeah. So I'll give two recommendations, which are a little bit off the beaten track. There's the um, University uh, Gardens. What are they actually called? Oxford University Gardens, uh, which are in the centre of town. Um, um, Botanic Gardens. That's it. Um, but then there is also mm. um, off. Um, oh, apparently it was the first botanic garden in the UK. That's interesting. Um, oh, there is wow. also, outside of Oxford, the university has an arboretum. Now, I'm not sure if, if you're at cool. Brooks, if you will have free entry. I'm pretty sure I had free entry because I had like a bod card. You might be able to. I'm not sure. Um, but it's um, a little bit outside Oxford. You can get to it by a bus. And like, no, it's so quiet. It's so peaceful there. Um, I went when I had to get away from everything in my fourth year. And... Um, that's a real delight, actually. I'd, I'd, I'd highly recommend going there if you want to just have a peaceful afternoon wandering around. 
that is amazing mm. absolutely love that so yeah the those two the ultimate picture palace are my um hidden gems um so harry continues saying um they feel like they're in a unique position doing japanese studies and there are a limited number of places running the course and information online is pretty sparse just in the interest of any readers who are thinking about doing the course i'd like to make myself available to answer any questions even if you're not thinking about doing the course at brooks i think there's a lot of crossover between universities i'm in the discord under the name peko um, I'm being very sincere when I say I thoroughly enjoy the show and love the sort of yin-yang nature you guys have, countering each other very well. Keep up the good worse and, of course, Team Dog. I mean, no one's perfect. But, I mean, that's fantastic. So if you, anyone has an interest in Japanese studies mm. uh, at university, give, give Harry a, a ding. Either um, you could ask us for the email, but I feel like Discord is probably the best place to, to get in touch. There will be a link to the Discord, of course, in the show notes. Um, uh, and he's, his username, Peko. Um, uh, very sincerely um, it says sincerely Jacques not my real name Lamau strong <laughs> there we go P.S. I watch a lot of Asian films if you guys want any recommendations uh, for any genre from the east hit me up could you email again with, uh, Harry could you just send us like a top five of your f- top five films that you think we won't have seen from Asia I'd be very interested to know what you recommend mm, absolutely we have an email here from Mandalore one Triggered by Simon and Taha 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> right, here we go. Dear Messrs. Moore and Clark, many thanks to the insane banter and kind words on the most recent episode. Never stop. I do feel, however, I may have made a horrible mistake and created a fracture in the space-time by reading the most recent episode before I was caught up. Consequently, I now appear to be consuming episodes bitemporally. Send help. <laughs> I did not initially attend to write this email for fears I would become something akin to comic book guy. Worst podcast ever. ever. Um... <laughs> I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. But Dan requested further instances of heresy to, re- to be reported. Assemble the inquis- inquisitorial squad. I swear the power won't go to my head. Oh, no. Uh, I was pleased to hear Taha join the podcast as a, de- a guest, um, as a desk, and excited to uh, hear his background in economics. However, when it did come, my hopes were instantly dashed. That's what... Sh- my eye, um, my eye started twitching as Taha proceeded to trigger me yet again, much like one of my students who confused um, deflation for disinflation. Inflammable means flammable. What a country! <laughs> um, I love just to clarify, dear God, what, yeah, dear God, what am I doing with my life? Recessions are instances where you have two quarters of negative GDP growth. Normally, when not adjusting for inflation, i.e., the economy is shrinking. Okay. Depressions are in fact a technical term. They are extreme recessions, and Taha was right. They're often sensationalized by the media, defined as either instances when real inflation-adjusted GDP contracts by 10% or more, or when a recession persists for eight or more quarter portions. <laughs> quarter portion. eight quarter. Oh, this is the, excellent. The Inquisitorial Squad can stay if they can maintain this level of memory. Uh, amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Going on, recessions typically do occur relatively often, empirically around every eight to ten years on average, and recovering from their effects may take roughly the same amount of time. However, this can be this can vary depending on context, e.g., global events, macro macroeconomic policy decisions, etc. Currently, the record for the longest instance of growth uninterrupted by a recession is held by Australia, whose last recession ended in 1991. Since compound fractions are enjoyed, that's 105 quarters and counting. For more information, refer to Keating, the musical we had to have. I've never heard... Is that an actual... Sorry, is that an actual musical? I'm just going to have to Google that a second. Is there a musical about economics? Yeah. Oh my God. Keating! Exclamation Keating. mark. I know, as in, as in the Prime Minister, right? Yeah, the musical follows him from his ascent to leadership through his eventual electoral defeat by John Howard. That's incredible. <laughs> wow. Never knew that existed. Okay. 
Music by Casey nice Bonetto. Lyrics by Casey Bonetto. Book by Casey Bonetto. Uh, I see. I see how this works. Well, wow, so oh my god, it won. A- ton of awards well mandalore thank you for introducing us to this podcast but also thank you for your uh memery and your meme nitpicking uh which i yeah. thoroughly approve of this is mandalore goes on to say he apologizes profusely for many simpsons star wars etc references included in this and the previous correspondence i do apologize again for the rants and much as i'm reticent to agree with someone from melbourne concur <laughs> that the rant should rhyme with aunt <laughs> also dogs are better than cats oh um, fondest regards tristan exactly 94 quarters well, I've... P.S. Another humble meme tribute includes Millords. Recommend mostly from Sugar Packet Simpsons uh, history posting for more. I've tried to join that group, but they haven't got back to me. I feel like I may have answered the admin questions wrong. Oh dear God, no. Well, that meme will be uh, on the Discord. Don't worry. Um, yeah. Well, I mean... Incredible. I mean... Uh... God, rant, not rant, savages, absolute savages. Well, I'm going to continue with an email from another nitpicky email from Benjamin Williams. <laughs> okay, Mr. Moore, you've made a very grave mistake. During the last episode of the Wikicast, 053, I apologize if this is late, Daniel said the following from 1 minute, hour 8 minutes and 33 seconds to 1 hour 8 minutes and 47 seconds. If we ever make any other mistakes, just in general, then we are expecting another email in our correspondence corner. Oh, what a foolish mistake that was. <laughs> Inviting a sufferer of OCD to nitpick, correct, and piss you off? My mouth went into an uncontrollable smile when I heard this. This will be a very long email. Okay, right. <laughs> let's let's just let's go through all the mistakes we made, shall we? Um, Simon's mistakes. Pronunci- I mean, I'm looking at this email and I'm fascinated by your use of the word we. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Let's just read the email and see what happens, right. shall we? Simon's Mistakes, pronunciation to this week's wiki, uh, wiki page title. Um, I pronounced it pretty well. At least you knew the Enye, uh, double L is pronounced Y. See, the thing is... Ah, okay, right. The region it's in was pronounced uh, as Trotters, yeah. Um, my pronunciation comes from Pixel Girl, and she learned in Madrid, which I think has influenced how I like generalized rules to other areas of spain um so mm. i would have completely mangled a lot of the rest of it um but okay right so a lot of this is the um a lot of this is basically the fact that i mangled the pronunciation of the region of spain um that the, the last uh, article was set in um anyway there are some other mistakes while you were discussing the nations of Les- lesotho kiribati and vanuatu you pronounced lesotho and kiribati wrong lesotho and kiribas i have to admit I had no idea that that was how you're supposed to pronounce it. Uh, and also, uh, when we started off the demonym sections, you said that English and British were demonyms. That's not strictly true. They're technically adjent- adjectival demonyms, not demonyms. You'd have to use English person and Britain for that. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anyway, tip top and toodly do and all that jazz. I expect to write in soon with more mistakes. Team Pig. Dr. Santiago. Oh, Dr. Santiago is very active on the Discord. Right, yes, I thought this sounded familiar. Um, nice. And then there's uh, some mathematical expression for age, which I am not going to work. Actually, can, can I... Microphone, stop sucking me off! Good Lord. I felt the uh, felt the breeze on that one. Good heavens. Good grief. I also quite like the team pig. Dogs look up to us, cats look down on us, but pigs, they are our equals. Winston Churchill. Yes, pigs look you in the eye. Uh, that's a famous quote from him. Hang on, I'm going to put this expression into Google. Apparently, uh, Dr. Santiago's age is just over 35. Marvellous. So there we go. 
Thank you very much for correcting all of my mistakes, Ben. Uh, we have an email here from uh, from Riley, uh, which is re. You know, this is going back a bit. Um, if you uh, if you listen to the podcast and you've been listening for a while and you get this reference, then um, I don't know. Go and have a well done <laughs> drinks on me. Um, uh, re Gary S May. Now I can't even remember which number that. What fifty second episode? Oh God, way or, before that. Way. Before it must be that. actually. Yeah. Um, this is in like the teens, is it? I mean, that's going to be. Hang on, I'm just going to Google it. Um, that was episode two, Dan. Oh my God. Yeah. Simon, what was the date of the episode two air date? Fifteenth uh, of July, twenty seventeen. Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is madness. Yep. Right. Anyway, Riley goes on to say, "Messrs. Penny Lick and Manaconda, I have some short follow. Uh, I have some short follow up regarding my previous email in the fifty second episode that must not be named. You two read out my email in which I noted my connection to Gary S May from episode two of the Wikicast. Well, I have since sent an email. Oh my God." to Mr. May, and he responded, thanks for your email and for letting me know about my appearance on the Wikicast. So Gary S. May <laughs> has openly acknowledged <laughs> this podcast um, and his mentioning on it, explaining to my university chancellor that his Wikipedia article was featured on the podcast alongside the history of rail transport in Mozambique was by far the strangest email I've ever written. <laughs> Is this the first time uh, a subject of one of the articles has, has been acknowledged um, or has acknowledged the Wikicast? Let's hope it's not the last. Also, Penny Lick, you say that you were born in Nottingham. Do you happen to know if you were born at the Queen's Medical Centre? I got my appendix taken out there in October. My experience with the NHS could not have been better. It makes me wonder so why so many Americans are against socialised healthcare. Best regards, Riley, and then Reed is crossed <laughs> out at the end of that uh, sign-off. Absolutely fantastic form, Riley. Thank you very much. Um, I, that is... I don't actually know if I was born in Queen's Medical Centre. Uh, let me have a Google. I mean, in terms of whether that's the first time a subject of a podcast has acknowledged it's the podcast's existence, I'm pretty sure that is. Um, it's only a matter of time until Mehmed the Conqueror comes back to us um, mm. and the town of Haskell, Texas gets back to us. Uh, I mean, wow, this is astonishing work, Riley. Uh I mean, in terms of the, uh, this is a, a deep cut for people who uh, who know their memes. Uh, in terms of uh, getting the podcast out there, f- yeah, spread it. Just incredible. In terms of why Americans are against socialized healthcare, because socialism is demonized as America and conflated with communism. It's either communist or it's Venezuela. That's that's apparently how socialism works. I've just been looking at pictures of Queen's Medical Center. I'm fairly sure that is the hospital I was born at. Well, but in, I shall have to check. You remember with... it? You remember what it looked like? I think I've driven past it before and then parent, my parents have been like, oh, you were born there. I was like, oh. All right. And then our final email of the show today is from Crawford Sawyer uh, saying, good day, gentlemen. Uh, how, uh, Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, how are you, fine gentlemen? My name is Crawford and I'm currently attending the International School of Aberdeen. And we, of course, know from Aberdeen, Dr. Ed Jones uh, of, of Chapel Choir fame, who's appeared in many of the vlogs, um, mm. noted big gay bear. Um, I've never visited Aberdeen, actually, but I'd love to love to visit. Um, yeah, nor have I. And, uh, Crawford is in the first year of the International Baccalaureate. Been an avid reader hey. for a few months now and would love to express my sincere enjoyment and admiration of this podcast and the genuinely entertaining dynamic that you two create. From my reading slash listening, I've ascertained that Dan, too, did the IB and was wondering both True. what classes he undertook and what his overall experience was. So before you answer, Crawford is doing history, economics, biology, all at higher level, and English mm-hmm. lit... A B initio Spanish, A flat initio Spanish, and S- Ab initio. Right, Ab initio. It's just like 
Yeah, it's like um, introductory. And maths standard level, I assume that to be. And I'm finding it incredibly yeah. difficult, but quite rewarding. So what, what, what did you take and what was your experience like? Uh, so my three high levels were psychology, English, literature and theatre. And my standards were low. No, my standards, <laughs> uh, standard levels were biology, maths and ab initio Spanish. And then what was, I mean, you, you've, You've said before that you enjoyed doing IB. Looking back, I did. It, it, I came out with a, a good score. Um, it made me work very hard. I think it absolutely produces a more rounded uh, kind of student because you can't specialise yet. You've, you've got to take one. Is you know you've got to be interdisciplinary. Mm. Um, uh, in the moment, it was a massive tedium and stress, and I think that's just kind of part and parcel of the course. Um, there are sections that are really fun, so you won't be probably thinking about your extended essay just yet if you're in your first. As you get to the end of your first year, you'll have to start thinking about proposals and things for your, your big essay. That's really fun um, and a, re- a real opportunity for you to dive into something that you're interested in. My advice would be absolutely be interested in your uh, extended essay because otherwise it will just be a massive ball ache because you've got to, you've got to put a lot of time into it um, and if you're not interested in what you're writing about, then it's just going to be painful. Um, but yeah, it was all right. I quite liked it. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree that you are, you'd come out as a round, more rounded individual. Um, the, the fact that we have to specialise so early with the A-level system, like relatively early, when you are you know, 16, you basically have to make a choice of like what the next, well, potentially your entire career is going to be like, which just, you know, it has its merits, but it also has its downsides. Um I think IB is kind of a halfway house, really, between our system and something more like the American system. But there we go. Um, also, um, Crawford says, um, from reading slash listening another earlier podcast, I understand that Dan went to a TOK camp? That's TOK, which is Theory of Knowledge, which is one of the other kind of subjects that you've got to take as part of your IB. So it's like um, it's like compulsory philosophy with epistemology. Oh, right. And you did, and you did go on one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you enjoyed it? It was really good, yeah. I think we were away for about three days and it was kind of like a talk intensive um, with with work on explaining in more detail and grappling with the theory of knowledge essay. And then there was a presentation we had to do as well. I must, I should actually clarify, um, my IB experience may well be quite different to others because my school was offering the IB. It was the first school in Victoria, the state of Victoria, to offer the IB. So they've been, they've been doing it for years. So it's really quite well established. They know it. They know the, the structure of the course and the syllabus incredibly well, and they know how to teach it very well. So they have they do do these kind of optional extras. So anyone who does the IB has to do theory of knowledge, but you may well, your school may not, well not go on a camp. Um, but it was very good fun though. Oh, fantastic. I mean, I have to admit, totally new to me. Never heard of it before. <laughs> um, but however, Crawford could, uh, finished the theory mail by saying that they also love playing and painting 40K with an extremely slowly expanding Dark Angels army. Ah, you two are a man of heresy, I see. Um, Simon, I don't know whether you've mentioned it in a previous podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I would love to know what Games Workshop models you like to collect and paint. Again, very sorry, Dan but I'm wholly in Simon's cat corner and firmly believe they are the superior pet. Good. We had restored some balance to the force this episode. Um, mm. So I collect, uh, I'm painting an army of Nids, of Tyranids, uh, my own High Fleet, High Fleet Nostromo, um, which uh, is Xenomorph 
based. Um, and I'd like to expand to other stuff. I was toying with the idea of doing some grey knights in non-metallic metals the other day because it wouldn't take very many models. I could do... The great thing about Kill Team, which I've been playing a lot of recently, is that you just don't need that many models to actually get a wholly coherent force. You can have a lot of fun. I mean, in some cases, you know, like four or five models is enough. Um, so I'm kind of tempted to do like a little side project, but I do need to finish this Nid army, especially seeing as I might be going over to the Oxcast and playing some uh, 40k with them, um, like for a video. So I really do need to get my skates on. Um, there's yeah. loads of stuff I'd like to collect. Like I'd like to collect um, the Blackstone Fortress. I'd love to buy that set. Um, I really like the look of the Adeptus Titanicus models. Um, I mean, the new, um, the stuff that's coming out, like the new Abaddon model is amazing. Uh, like the, the the technology has just advanced so much since when I did it as a kid that it's in, incredible, incredible models. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I that's what I uh, collect. Uh, I barely paint. I'm actually meant to be painting this evening. I'm going to try and schedule in Thursday nights as my painting evening as like a chance for me to actually take time off work. We'll see how that goes. But uh, there we go. So thank you very much, Crawford. I'd love to get back into painting. Actually, I think I might do that post degree get back into really i've still got all my paint my i've got all my models down here um i need to obviously buy all my paint again but we've got quite a the, the shop on the high street in exit's quite good so yeah you know you're lucky though because there's no there isn't one near me i had to go into london or cambridge to to get stuff for me or get it delivered because they do do delivery if it's more than i think than 30 pounds or something like that um but uh yeah uh, so Oh, that'd be great if you got back into it. That'd be amazing. Mm. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, Crawford, who is aged 16 and 9 twelfths. Big fan. Uh, it's proper Thank you, Crawford. And um, that, that's the end of the episode, Dan. So, Simon, what have we learned today? Well, Dan, we learned about a fictional town in uh, Texas called Haskell, uh, where yes. Haskell is the county seat of Haskell County, um, and it has precisely no water um, all 3.6 square miles of the town is land. Uh, and then after that, Lord. we talked about, uh, well, the main thing, of course, was the animation contest. Go and check that link yes. out in the description for more information about it. I'm so excited to see what you guys come up with. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I'm sure that you're going to do some incredibly, incredibly cool stuff. Um, putting other podcast animators to shame. Please do. We want to shame the... the- over at my dad wrote a porno actually i don't even know if they've had presumably they can't have any animations that is gonna <laughs> no that, that would have to be hosted on Pornhub. yeah i guess and um, we also spoke about uh the favorite with some interesting uh yes, comments about Oscars, uh, more broadly our previous conversation um and yeah we talked about some stuff on netflix um we did and um we... coral corner we had two pieces you've recommended something this week and myself best of the lamentations and the christopher own... ty uh miserere may deus Yes. And um, then we had some fantastic correspondence. I think this was a solid episode, you know, Dan. Well done. Well done. Very Dan. solid. We also welcomed a new member of the Wikicast family. Yes, welcome. Welcome to, to yes. the family. Um, in- Everyone, if you're listening now, can you just take a moment? Round of applause. Insert a round of applause at this point. I mean, we'll, we'll add over the top of it. Well done. And that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Fan animations, thoughts on the Oscars, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And and we'll we'll see see you you next time. time.
Sign down to Ryan.